Joe Biden is alive. Barely. CNN reveals its agenda and Bernie Sanders scraps with Elizabeth Warren. Plus, happy birthday to me. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Protect your online privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, it is indeed my birthday, and there's no better way to spend a birthday eve than watching old people scream at each other. It really makes you feel that impending sense of doom that accompanies, accompanies every birthday sort of naturally. My birthday, I'm 36 today, by the way, so congratulations to me. I also get to vote twice now, I believe, under the Constitution, which was always the case in Chicago. But under the federal Constitution, since I'm twice the legal voting age, I get to vote twice. I think that's the way this works. I get to fa- play my favorite game of the year on my birthday. It's called How many members of the political left on Twitter will text me or email me happy birthday, but not actually say happy birthday openly on Twitter for fear of acknowledging that I am a human and then being blasted by the the backlash and getting canceled? So looking forward to playing that game. But last night to the news, last night was the Rock'em Sock'em Robots debate we were all waiting for. And what it really came down to is that everybody was very mean to Bernie. And yet you had to feel a little bit bad for the guy. After all, after years of being a committed communist, Somebody who says that we should all live together. The heart of man is inherently good. He learned last night that for every Trotsky, there is a Stalin. He learned last night that all of your former allies, all of your friends will stab you in the back and put an ice pick through your political eye as soon as they see the opportunity to consolidate power. He learned that from no less than our Native American princess, Elizabeth Warren. So after the debate, after the debate, this is pretty fantastic. They had a bit of a scrap during the debate, as you'll see. And after the debate, Elizabeth Warren walks over to Bernie Sanders and Bernie puts out his hand to shake her hand and she refuses to shake his hand. Like she literally just does not shake his hand. And then they start getting into it. And Tom Steyer is over there. He goes to shake Bernie Sanders hand. Tom Steyer. Now, now we know that Tom Steyer is going to be sort of like Orson Welles at the end of Citizen Kane, that on his deathbed, he's going to be holding a snow globe filled with a model of the debate. And we're all going to be wondering what exactly Bernie said to Warren and what Warren said to Bernie. And Steyer is going to die without telling us, hopefully when he hits 120. But man, that is some nasty stuff. Warren is a nasty human being. And there is a reason. Listen, I have nothing but sympathy, honestly, for all the Sanders supporters out there who were hashtagging never Warren after this. I'm with you, man. She is a jerk. She's a jerk. Because if she actually felt like Bernie Sanders was a sexist all the way along, why not just say that after December 2018 when he had the meeting with him? Instead of trying to hug him and be best friends with him, and then two weeks before the Iowa caucuses, that's when you drop this supposed bombshell that he said a woman can't be president. First of all, the story itself does not hold together. It doesn't make any sense. In all likelihood, the conversation went something like this. Elizabeth Warren said, I really want to run for president because I think that a woman can defeat Donald Trump. And Bernie said, I don't think it provides any special advantage. And then she was like, well, that means that he says a woman can't be president. That means a woman can't be president and she's going to drop that two weeks before through her surrogates and then deny that she dropped it and then suggest that she doesn't want to talk about it. And then after the debate is over, she's going to walk up to Bernie Sanders and refuse to shake his hand. She's a jerk. And she's a she's a bad she's a bad person. She's a very nasty person. And, and the fact that all the Bernie bros are beginning to notice that Elizabeth Warren is pretty nasty. You know, this is this is well merited. Bernie Sanders didn't get great treatment from the DNC last time around. It appears he is not going to get great treatment from the DNC this time around. He's certainly not getting great treatment from the media. The story of last night is that Joe Biden continues to sit over there being a dead person. Joe Biden, it does show the great wondrous tolerance and diversity of the United States that anyone can be elected president, even a person who's been dead for the last six years. That's really exciting stuff here in the United States of America. We've had a black president. We've had many white presidents. And now we'll have a dead president, which is actually really, I think, 
Again, a sign of America's commitment to openness. But Joe Biden basically just sat there and, and babbled to himself for two hours. Meanwhile, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren went after each other and CNN jumped in. CNN went after Bernie harder than any of the other candidates. Now, a lot of the Bernie bros today are very upset with CNN. Welcome to our world, gang. Welcome to the world of the right wing where CNN has consistently pushed a particular narrative. They are not objective in any way, shape, or form. They never really try to be objective in any way, shape, or form, but they proclaim that they are objective. If you're a Bernie person today, you are fighting mad. And this is going to backlash on Warren. I don't think that this is actually going to pay off for Warren. Now, the media today, oh, Warren had a good night. I don't think that's right. I think that the backlash to Warren is going to be pretty strong because she did not appear to be a nice person. She appeared to be a very, very mean person, in fact. She appeared to be somebody who was attacking Bernie Sanders unfairly, cutting the legs out from under him. It was basically a cut block in the NFL. Just went right for the knees. And she did so late, away from the actual play, and then it wasn't flagged. In fact, the flag was thrown on the guy who got cut blocked. It was pretty incredible. So we're going to get to all of the details from this insanely boring debate, except for some of the fisticuffs between Sanders and Warren. We'll get to the fact that these people are utterly unqualified to be president of the United States, not because of their service, but because their views are just nutty. They're just nutty and confused and ridiculous. And the Democratic Party is looking for more confused, ridiculous, nutty views, apparently. We'll get to all that in just one second. We'll go through this this debate detail by detail. But first, are you feeling fatigued and tired today? Well, if you watch that debate, you certainly are. Do you feel a little bit like Bernie Sanders, you know, banged up, like you're on the verge of a heart attack or something? Well, you know what you could probably use? Liquid IV. Liquid IV energy multiplier gives you sustained energy throughout the day. You can fight fatigue without the crash. It's an all-natural alternative to processed energy drinks and can even help you kick the coffee habit if that's something that you're trying to do. Let's say you get those those headaches from not having your coffee in the morning, Liquid IV can help you out. Liquid IV's cellular transport technology delivers an optional ratio of nutrients for more efficient uptake. They've got enhanced rapid absorption into the bloodstream that gives you a lasting energy boost quickly. It powers your mornings. It fuels long days at work, provides a boost for those tough workouts. It's got clean ingredients, non-GMO, vegan, free of gluten, dairy, and soy. Folks at work are trying it. It's keeping their energy up, keeping their productivity up. That's what we care about here at The Daily Wire. Get 25% off. When you go to liquidiv.com and use code BEN at checkout, that is 25% off anything you order on Liquid IV's website. Just go to liquidiv.com, enter promo code BEN to save 25% and get better hydration and energy. That is liquidiv.com, promo code BEN. Don't wait, start fueling your adventures and your life today, liquidiv.com, and use that promo code BEN for 25% off. All righty, so last night's debate began with some talk about foreign policy. And you can hear CNN going after Bernie from the very beginning, from the very beginning. Now, listen, I think that the questions asked to Bernie Sanders are perfectly fair, except for one. One question was certainly unfair. But most of the questions were, were pretty fair. I just think that it's weird that nobody had asked Bernie Sanders a tough question for 45, 50 years of his career. And then last night, CNN chooses to wake up just in time to try and push more before the Iowa caucuses. If you watch Huffington Post, if you watch CNN, if you watch MSNBC, it is perfectly obvious that the person they dread the most in the Democratic Party is Bernie Sanders. They do not want Bernie Sanders to be the nominee. Now, some of them don't like Joe Biden very much, but there is a general consensus that Elizabeth Warren is wonderful. And this has not faded, even though Elizabeth Warren has faded. Despite the fact that Warren has dropped in the pack, the media continue to try to prop her up because the media still, for, for the media, she makes them feel good about themselves. You have to understand members of the media are upper crust coastal elites who like to believe that they are intellectuals. And Elizabeth Warren is like straight at, it's, it's also the reason a lot of them like people to judge. It's, it's that sort of background that makes them feel special. It makes them feel good about themselves. So last night, CNN went hard after Warren. Wolf Blitzer started off, he asked him a fair question about his foreign policy. 
But he doesn't ask anybody else this foreign policy question in this way. Here's Wolf Blitzer going after Bernie Sanders. Senator Sanders, uh, in the wake of the Iran crisis, Iran's Ayatollah Khamenei has again called for all U.S. troops to be pulled out of the Middle East, something you've called for as well. Yet when American troops last left Iraq, ISIS emerged and spread terror across the Middle East and indeed around the world. How would you prevent that from happening again? Okay, let me tell you, but before I tell you that, let me tell you something else. Okay, and then he didn't really tell anybody anything else. But the bottom line is that that question is brutal, right? How would you prevent, don't you basically have ISIS's agenda, right? Don't you have Iran's agenda? Now, again, I think that's a fair question. I just think it's weird that CNN decides to pull that club out of its pocket in the last debate before Iowa. And now when it comes to the actual foreign policy debate in the Democratic Party, it's basically between people who are 90% wrong and people who are 100% wrong. Joe Biden is in the 90% wrong category. He still has some tenuous grasp of reality. Through the foggy haze of his increasing dementia, Joe Biden still seems to have some sort of grasp of the fact that the United States is supposed to play a role in the world. And, you know, look, the fact is that he did sit in that VP seat for years. And once you're in the White House, we've had three straight presidents, four, really, if you include Clinton, I think this is right. Four straight presidents who have basically said the United States should disengage from the world. And then when they are sitting in the big seat, they've not disengaged from the world in any real way. Joe Biden has spent some time in the White House. He understands you can't disengage from the world. But the problem for Joe Biden is that Joe Biden has to apologize for his own record on his foreign policy because the Democratic Party is filled with people who believe in the Bernie Sanders isolationist. America is bad. America is terrible. America victimizes people on the world stage. So Biden said, for example, he he apologized. He said in 2002, when Congress was debating whether or not we got into a war in Iraq, invade Iraq, I got up on the floor. I said it would be a disaster. It would would lead to unprecedented levels of chaos in the region. I not. And then he said that. um, Sorry, he said that by that's actually a quote from Sanders. Biden actually suggested that he had apologized for his role in the Iraq war, that he should not have voted in favor of the Iraq war. And then Sanders, because he represents, again, that isolationist wing of the Democratic Party, Sanders then clocks him across the head. In 2002, when the Congress was debating whether or not we go into a war in Iraq, invade Iraq, I got up on the floor of the House and I said that would be a disaster. It would lead to unprecedented levels of chaos in the region. And I not only voted against the war, I helped lead the effort against that war. It is Pretty incredible that for the Democratic Party, your chief foreign policy win is not voting in favor of a war that had broad bipartisan support because it is always easy to say in the aftermath of a war that it was really that, that it was really bad. And when's the last time somebody was like, yeah, I backed the war and it was great. Well, that hasn't happened really since World War Two. So the easy position in foreign policy is always the no position. That's always the easy position. The yes position is always the hard position when it comes to when it comes to war. Nobody wants to make war. Nobody. There's not a bunch of people in the United States who are like, yeah, war all the time. And I'm frankly getting very sick of the straw man that is set up by folks on the isolationist right as well as on the left, that if people believe the United States should take an active role in the world, that this is because they are pro-war. It's just absolute nonsense from beginning to end. This contrasts pretty strongly with Joe Biden's clip four talking about what actually has to happen in terms of foreign policy, which is, yes, we are not going to stop being engaged in the Middle East. I would leave troops in the Middle East in terms of patrolling the Gulf, where we have to, where we are now, small numbers of troops. And I think it's a mistake to pull out the the small number of troops that are there now to deal with ISIS. So there is Joe Biden being realistic 
about war, but you're not allowed to be realistic about war. Instead, you're supposed to be unrealistic. And this is what Elizabeth Warren, the most calculated candidate in the field, knows. She says, no, 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 we're going to withdraw forthwith incredibly fast because, again, this is the way that you win a Democratic primary. I think we need to get our combat troops out. You know, we have to stop this mindset that we can do everything with combat troops. Our military is the finest military on earth, and they will take any sacrifice we ask them to take. But we should stop asking our military to solve problems that cannot be solved militarily. So the Sanders Warren wing on foreign policy is utterly out of touch with reality. Joe Biden is sort of out of touch with reality. So Joe Biden wants to have it both ways. On the one hand, he wants to suggest that he is hawkish enough to keep America safe. On the other hand, he wants to suggest that he is actually not all that hawkish at all. And so he ends up rewriting his own record in bizarre ways. So Joe Biden, he was actually called on this by CNN, as he should have been. He talked about how when he first ran for Congress, he was very focused on the informed consent of the American people to go to war. Here's Joe Biden saying a thing that is about to come back to bite him in the debate. I ran the first time as a 29-year-old kid against the war in Vietnam on the grounds that only way to take a nation to war is with the informed consent of the American people, the informed consent of the American people. Yeah, Libya, Libya, drone war, like, like a few things that, that your administration did. Also, I do love the fact that the Democrats who have declared they want to be friendly, diplomacy, diplomacy friendly, as soon as Donald Trump basically did what Barack Obama pledged to do and met with Kim Jong-un, now Joe Biden's like, I would never meet Kim Jong-un without preconditions. This is pretty funny. No, not now. I wouldn't meet with him about any preconditions. Look, well, we gave him everything he's looking for. Legitimacy. Mm -hmm. The president showed up, met with him, gave him legitimacy, weakened the, the sanctions we have against him. <laughs> the guy he ran with said on stage that he would meet with Kim Jong-un, with Iran, without any preconditions whatsoever. Right? That, that, that's the thing he actually said. Now Joe Biden is taking the reverse position. Why? Because Donald Trump actually ended up taking the Obama position in a second. We will get to the Democrats on trade, but then we get to the actual, the actual center of the Democratic debate. Sex. Ooh, Joe Biden gets to stand to the side. Well, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders go at it like the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks circa 1918. It's really exciting stuff. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about your safety and security. So let me just say my wife and I are paranoid about safety. This has been exacerbated by the fact that we receive an enormous number of death threats. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's just the life. But the good news is we feel protected. Why? Because we use Ring. Ring's mission is to make neighborhoods safer. Their smart video doorbells and cameras protect millions of people everywhere. This is actually particularly important in Los Angeles. There's been a spate of break-ins in the general area where I live. Pretty important to know that your home is safe. Also, there are a lot of folks who will ring the doorbell, make sure that you're not home, and then break in. Well, if you got Ring, they ring the doorbell, you can pick it up from your phone. They have no idea whether you're home or not. Ring helps you stay connected to your home anywhere in the world. So if there's a package delivery or a surprise visitor, you get an alert, you're able to see, hear, and speak to them all from your phone. Listen, I have real security risks. That's why I use Ring. If you don't have nearly as high security risks, I mean, that's a good reason to use Ring. If it can keep me safe, it can certainly keep you safe. And that one time when somebody breaks into your house, you're going to wish that you had installed Ring. As a subscriber, you have a special offer on a Ring welcome kit available right now at ring.com slash Ben. The kit includes a video doorbell and a Chime Pro, which is just what you need to start building a ring of security around your home today. Go to ring.com slash Ben. Again, that is ring.com slash Ben. Okay, then Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders go at it on trade. So Bernie Sanders' view of trade is even more isolationist than Trump. He's actually pro-tariff. He believes in an almost bizarre socialistic autarky. He believes that we should produce all product in the United States and basically have zero trade with foreign countries, which is 
idiocy of the highest order. But again, in the Democratic primary, there is an advantage to purity. This is one thing that you learn about the primaries. There is there's an advantage to being pure of heart, even if stupid of head. That is Bernie Sanders in a nutshell. So Bernie Sanders and, and Joe Biden go at it. Biden says, listen, there's no trade agreement that Sanders would vote for because he's been useless for 30 years. I don't know that there's any trade agreement that the senator would ever think made any sense. But the problem is that 95 percent of the customers are out there. So we better figure out how we begin to write the rules of the road, not China. OK, and then Bernie puts up his finger because he wants to talk. And he says, listen, I just don't like trade. Trade is bad because trade does not it does not adhere to my sense of what is fair and what is right, namely that everybody should have one million dollars. Joe and I have a fundamental disagreement here, in case you haven't noticed. <laughs> and that is NAFTA, TNTR with China, other trade agreements were written for one reason alone, and that is to increase the profits of large multinational corporations. And the end result of those two, just PNTR with China, Joe, and uh, NAFTA, cost us some four million jobs as part of the race to the bottom. Okay, well, it didn't actually cost America four million jobs. It did shift manufacturing overseas because it turns out you can manufacture things more cheaply overseas. It was mostly technology, actually, that did all of that. Most of the manufacturing jobs lost in the United States were not lost to China or Mexico. They were lost to technological advancement. But job growth in the United States has never ceased. I mean, there are more people employed today than were at the beginning of NAFTA. Manufacturing growth actually maintained its rates in the first few years of NAFTA. It was only that it started to drop off in the aftermath specifically of technological advances in the late 90s. But again, there are significant divides between Joe Biden, who again has that tenuous grasp of reality, and Bernie Sanders, who has no grasp of reality and still lives in cloud cuckoo land, where Stalin's five-year plans were actually excellent. Okay, but now we get to the heart of the matter. This is all kind of normal Democrat debate stuff. Joe Biden versus Bernie Sanders. Sanders being radical, but pure of heart. And Joe Biden being a little less pure of heart, but also a little bit less radical. Then we get to the spicy stuff. And this is CNN deciding on the basis of nothing that Bernie Sanders is a liar. Like just deciding that Bernie Sanders is a liar. And Elizabeth Warren chiming in. Chiming in. It's unbelievable. This is truly, this is astonishing stuff. So Abby Phillip is the name of this reporteress at CNN. And she jumps on Sanders. And we're going to play the whole exchange. We'll pause it all the way through. And you will see how, and you will see, I mean, this is just, it's an amazing exchange. Here we go. Let's not turn to an issue that's come up in the last 48 hours. Senator Sanders, CNN reported yesterday that, and Senator Sanders, Senator Warren confirmed in a statement that in 2018, you told her that you did not believe that a woman could win the election. Why did you say that? Well, as a matter of fact, I didn't say it. Uh, And I don't want to waste a whole lot of time on this because this is what Donald Trump and maybe some of the media want. Uh, Anybody knows me knows that it's incomprehensible that I would think that a woman could not be president of the United States. Go to YouTube today. There's a video of of me 30 years ago talking about how a woman could become president of the United States. In 2015, I deferred, in fact, to Senator Warren. There was a movement to draft Senator Warren to run for president. And you know what? I said, stayed back. Senator Warren decided not to run, and I did did run afterwards. Hillary Clinton won the popular vote by three million votes. How could anybody in a million years not believe that a woman could become president of the United States. And let me be very clear. 
If any of the women on this stage or any of the men on this stage win the nomination, I hope that's not the case. I hope it's me. (laughs) But if they do, I will do everything in my power to make sure that they are elected in order to defeat the most dangerous president in the history of our country. So, Senator Sanders, Senator Sanders, I do want to be clear here. You're saying that you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. That is correct. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? (laughs) I disagreed. Bernie is my friend, and I am not here to try to fight with Bernie. But look, this question about whether or not a woman can be president has been raised, and it's time for us to attack it head on. Um, And I think the best way to talk about who can win is by looking at people's winning record. So can a woman beat Donald Trump? Look at the men on this stage. Collectively, they have lost 10 elections. The only people on this stage who have won every single election that they've been in are the women. And the only person on this stage who has beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years is me. Okay, that is an unbelievably garbage exchange by CNN. Unbelievable. And I'm going to get to full analysis of just how bad that exchange is. I mean, truly awful. Exposes CNN in its full glory. Exposes Elizabeth Warren for the cynical politico that she is. Honestly, I feel bad for Bernie. Like, you have made me feel bad for Bernie Sanders. How? I spent all of yesterday's show crapping in Bernie Sanders' cornflakes, okay? Because Bernie Sanders is a communist. And now I feel bad for him because of you people. Because of you, CNN. Because of you, Elizabeth Warren, who's just awful. I'm going to get to full analysis of this unreal exchange in just one second. Joe Biden, by the way, is just sitting off there going, well, I don't know where I am, but this is pretty fantastic. Get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about life insurance. So it is my birthday. That means I'm thinking about death. I mean, that's what you do on your birthday. As you get older, you think that's one more year off the calendar. So one year closer to the grave. (laughs) Maybe if you're thinking about that, because I just mentioned it, you should go get life insurance. I mean, do a practical thing. Turn your sadness into joy by getting some life insurance and ensuring that at least your family is taken care of in case, God forbid, something should happen to you. The people you go to, you know what I'm going to say. Policy Genius. PolicyGenius.com makes finding the right insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from the top insurers and find your best price. You could save 1500 bucks or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy, they can also help you find the right home and auto insurance, disability insurance. Getting life insurance, if you got a family particularly, moral obligation. So, why wait around? Why be depressed about your own demise? Instead, just insure against it. Listen, none of us can avoid death, but certainly your family can avoid some of the financial fallout. Go check them out at policygenius.com. Everybody gets the future wrong, but we know what's coming. Don't get your insurance wrong, policygenius.com. Go check it out right now, policygenius.com. Okay, so the ridiculousness of this exchange is just astonishing. So Philip leads off by saying CNN reported yesterday. Well, if CNN reported it, as we all know, that must mean that the underlying facts are true. It can't just be that somebody from the Warren campaign decided to leave a flaming bag of dog poop on Bernie Sanders's Bernie Sanders's doorstep and use CNN as the delivery service. It can't just be that. No, it's that CNN reported it. So Sanders's response is a fine response. You can see that Sanders is just confused that any of this is I mean he's confused most of the time, but he's particularly confused that any of this is happening. And honestly, I understand the charm of Bernie Sanders. He's like a crazy old coot. Right? He's a crazy old coot who seems like he's honest, right? He's honestly wrong. 
He's honestly dumb, but he's honest. Right? And, and then you get CNN responding, the, the, the confirming that Bernie Sanders says that this never took place. And they've got CNN is broadcasting this. So they've got this on split screen with with Elizabeth Warren looking very disapproving, looking very upset. Being like, how could anyone say this? My God, believe all women, believe all women. Hashtag me too. And then Abby Phillip follows up Bernie Sanders' response by simply ignoring that he's even denied it. By simply ignoring it, right? Her follow-up question is, he says, so her question, just to read the transcript is, so Senator Warren, I do want to be clear here. Senator Sanders, I want to be clear. You're saying you never told Senator Warren that a woman could not win the election. Sanders, that is correct. Phillip, the reporter. Senator Warren, what did you think when Senator Sanders told you a woman could not win the election? Okay, this is, okay, there, there's, a, there's a textbook sort of story that is very often told about bad reporting. Bad reporting goes something like this. You walk up to a senator and you say to the senator, so senator, when did you stop beating your wife? That's a textbook case of a bad question. The reason it's a bad question is because it is assuming a prior that is not in evidence. And it's assuming that the senator was beating his wife. So when did you stop beating your wife is a great way of saying you used to beat your wife. Right? Well, this is, so Senator Warren, when did Senator Sanders tell you? What did you think when Senator Sanders told you that a woman could not win the election? He is explicitly denied on the stage he ever says it. And the CNN reporter immediately turns and says to Warren, so he's a liar. What do you think of him? Isn't he a sexist liar? Which is Warren's entire case. And Bernie Sanders should completely rethink his perspective on campaign finance reform his perspective is that corporations spending money on politics is extremely dangerous. What does he have to what does he have to say about CNN dropping a billion dollar in-kind donation directly on Elizabeth Warren in the middle of a debate? Now he knows what Mitt Romney felt like in 2012 when Candy Crowley decided that she was just going to join the Obama campaign in the middle of a presidential debate. Unbelievable. And then Warren, who's just a terrible, she's she's terrible. She's just terrible in every way. She says, I disagreed. Bernie is my friend. I'm not here to try to fight with Bernie. All I'm gonna do is just tell this story this tale out of school two weeks before the Iowa caucuses when I've lost all momentum in order to try and sink Bernie Sanders. Hey, listen, you're making me stick up. I can't say this enough. They are making me stick up for Bernie Sanders just trying to be an honest human being. Okay, that's it. Bernie is my friend. I'm not here to try to fight with Bernie. All I'm going to say is that he's a vicious sexist who says that a woman can't be president of the United States. That's her take. What a scurrilous, gross attack by Elizabeth Warren. But that's what she is. Scurrilous, disgusting in her politics because she is dishonest truly dishonest. And you, you want to assume the best intentions of people with whom you disagree. I assume that Bernie Sanders genuinely feels what he feels. I am not going to, give, to grant Elizabeth Warren that same credibility. I do not think she feels what she feels. I do not think that she stands by any of her positions. I do not think that she is honest in any real way. I think that she is willing to do anything in order to access power. I think Bernie, at least to his credit, he says what he says. He's the Popeye. Uh, he's the Popeye, the sailor man of politics. He is what he is. He's strong to the finish when he eats his spinach. But Elizabeth Warren, that lady blows with the wind. And not only that, she is a knife fighter. My goodness. I mean, just stabs him directly between the shoulder blades. And CNN acquiescing in all of this, not just acquiescing, but participating an accessory to the political murder of Bernie Sanders. You see, that is some that's some top notch reportering, some real solid journalism in there, CNN. OK, and then this led to this very confused exchange, by the way. Bernie Sanders is not wrong in this exchange. He's not. It's just that Elizabeth Warren was careful in how she tailored this. So I love when Elizabeth Warren said, I'm the only person on this stage who's beaten an incumbent Republican any time in the past 30 years. Okay, let's get something straight. You beat Scott Brown 
in Massachusetts. Scott Brown is the greatest electoral fluke in modern political history. He won because Ted Kennedy plotsed. Okay, Ted Kennedy plotsed. The seat had to be filled. It was the middle of the Obamacare debate and seven people voted in Massachusetts and Scott Brown was senator of Massachusetts for 7.2 minutes. But Elizabeth Warren's like, I beat an incumbent in Massachusetts, which has had one Republican senator in the last 900 years. But she's but she's a real bipartisan fighter is Elizabeth Warren. So Bernie tries to come back from this. He comes back in the dumbest possible way because, again, Bernie ain't that bright. Right? Bernie has he, he knows what he is and he is what he is. But what he is is a rather dim bulb. So here is Senator Warren going at it with Bernie Sanders over who has defeated an incumbent Republican, the two most radical members of the Democratic Party on that stage trying to proclaim that they have appealed to Republicans because one beat a Republican in Vermont in 1990 and the other beat a Democrat in Massachusetts in 2010. I mean, this is all just ridiculous crap. Senator Sanders, you can respond. Well, just to set the record straight, I defeated an incumbent Republican uh, running for Congress. When? 1990. That's how I won, beat a Republican congressman. <laughs> Number two, of course, I, I don't think there's any debate up here. What, wasn't that 30 years ago? I beat an incumbent Republican congressman. And I said, I was the only one who's beaten an incumbent Republican in 30 years. Well, 30 years ago, <laughs> it was 1990, as a matter of fact. But I don't know that that's the major issue of the day. I think what the major issue of the day is, let's, does anybody in their right mind think that a woman cannot be elected president? Senator That's Warren, I want to give you the final word. Of course so you I do think it's the right question, how do we beat Trump? And here's the thing, since Donald Trump was elected, women candidates have outperformed men candidates in competitive races. And in 2018, we took back the House, we took back state houses because of women candidates and women voters. Look, don't deny that the question is there. Back in the 1960s, people asked, could a Catholic win? Back in 2008, people asked if an African-American could win. In both times, the Democratic Party stepped up and said yes, got behind their candidate, and we changed America. That's who we are. She's just awful. She's just the worst. I, I love that. Uh, I'm a woman. And because she's basically Cory Booker, but a woman. Cory Booker just spent the last, you know, two months going around going, Guys, I'm black. Look, I'm, look at me. I'm black. Right, Kamala Harris is not in the race anymore. I'm the only black guy. And everybody's like, so? Elizabeth Warren is now, I'm a woman, don't you see? I used to say I was a Native American, and that wasn't true, but I'm actually a woman. I'm actually, I can't define woman because I think that men can be women, but I'm actually a woman, don't you know? And me being elected, it would just, it'd be just like the first black president if a woman was elected. She's so tiresome. She's so unbelievably tiresome, and so is CNN. Senator Warren, I want to give you the last word. By the way, that silly exchange about who defeated an incumbent Republican 30 years ago versus 10 years ago. It's so dumb and it's so trite and it's so tired. Elizabeth Warren is not going to work with a single Republican. She never has. Bernie Sanders is not going to work with a single Republican. She never has. And neither of them are going to be president. So it's irrelevant anyway. In just a second, we'll see more of CNN piling on Bernie. I mean, really, if you're if you're a Bernie fan at this point, you got to be thinking, when's the dude going to run third party? Because the number of people who are just out to get Bernie is extraordinary. Like, there are people like me. I'll come at Bernie from the front, right? I'm going right at Bernie's ideology. I think that Bernie is wrong on everything. I, I think Bernie is entirely off the grid when it comes to intelligence, political decency, morality. Like, I'll come right at him. But inside the Democratic Party, they are willing to live off the back of Bernie Sanders. They're willing to hijack his entire agenda. 
and then ingest it. Ingest it like a, a horror movie monster, like from Stranger Things. Just ingest the, the political flesh of Bernie Sanders and use it to animate their monster body and then just leave his desiccated corpse behind. I mean, that is what the Democratic Party does. So if you're a Bernie fan today, you got to be thinking to yourself, this is the guy who led your entire movement. He was an independent for most of his career. He comes inside your party. You try to take his ideas. You try to create this thing, this Elizabeth Warren candidacy. You try to create that. And then you try to use that in order to promote Bernie Sanders' ideas while sucking him dry. And then you want us to vote for you guys? Like, if you're a Bernie fan, this is a great way that the Democratic Party and CNN have, have really alienated you. Pretty impressive. Okay, we'll get to more of this in just one second. Plus, we'll get to the latest on impeachment. But if you are not already a Daily Wire member, you are indeed missing out. Right now, using promo code Shapiro, you'll get 10% off any plan you choose. Head over to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Pick the plan that is correct for you for as little as 10 bucks a month. Members get our articles ad-free, access to all of our live broadcasts and show library, the full three hours of the Ben Shapiro Show, select bonus content, access to the mailbag, and more. Plus, our new all-access tier gets you into exclusive live online Q&A discussions with me, Andrew Clavin, Matt Walsh, Michael Moles, plus... Daily Wire writers and special guests. And don't forget, you'll also get the greatest of all beverage vessels, the leftist tiers, Tumblr. Yes, you get all of that, plus 10% off today. When you use the promo code Shapiro, 10% off is a good deal. So stop depriving yourself. Come join the fun. We are the largest, fastest growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. Abby Phillip just kept going and going and going after Bernie Sanders, who's really an impressive showing by Abby Phillip who's apparently running for the Democratic nomination. She's not just a reporter for CNN. So last night on healthcare, she went after Bernie Sanders on the cost of his healthcare plan. Now, listen, we've been over this ground one million times. Bernie Sanders' healthcare plan is absurd. He would double the American budget, like forever, minimum. Hey, and your healthcare would then be rationed by the government because that is the only way that a fully nationalized, single-payer, UK-style healthcare system works. There are other ways to have mandates, like they do in Switzerland, that works with private industry, in which you actually have some competition for the taxpayer dollar because the money isn't first funneled through the government. There's places like Singapore that have mandates on low-level insurance, and then you can purchase more above that. There are ways to do this that are not single-payer. Bernie Sanders' single-payer Medicare for All plan is ridiculous on its face. It is wildly unpopular. It gets rid of all your insurance plans. It does get rid of your ability to see the doctor that you want. So all of these questions are fairly directed at Bernie Sanders. My only question is this. Elizabeth Warren cribbed off Bernie Sanders' notes. As Bernie Sanders keeps saying, I wrote the damn bill. I did, I wrote it. Nobody voted for it, but I wrote the damn bill. It's a bill and damn it, I wrote it. Okay, so Bernie at least is accurate. Elizabeth Warren sat behind Bernie in class and cribbed off his notes. And then she tried to live off those notes. And then when it didn't work for her, she's like, I was never for Medicare for all. No, I think that we have to do something different. And isn't it a better question than asking Bernie for the one millionth time why his plan is dumb? Wouldn't it be better to ask Elizabeth Warren if his plan is dumb as you now kind of see that it is? Why did you embrace it in the first place? Why have you shifted positions more times than the characters in the Kama Sutra? Like you shift your position on Medicare for all routinely and fluidly and ridiculously. But instead, Abby Phillip goes after Bernie Sanders, which again, it's a fair question. It is just unfair that, it, that Bernie Sanders is singled out. Here's Abby Phillip. Senator Sanders, you've consistently refused to say exactly how much your Medicare for all plan is going to cost. Don't voters deserve to see the price tag before you send them a bill that could cost tens of trillions of dollars? Well, what I will tell you is Medicare for all, which will guarantee comprehensive health care to every man, woman and child, will cost substantially less than the status quo. Okay, so that's always his answer. And and this, this weird notion that it costs less than the status quo to tax people at exorbitant rates costs less to whom? 
to whom. I'm always amused when people equate private spending to public spending. Not the same thing. Not the same thing at all. In America, we spend more than any other country does on luxury watches. What if we just nationalized it and everybody got a Casio? Like, (laughs) that's not how markets work. It's not how markets work. Instead, it was left to the other Democrats to point out that both Elizabeth Warren's plan and Bernie Sanders' plan are, are completely nonsensical. Here is Joe Biden. Again, as you'll notice, Joe Biden was a spectator for most of the night, right? Joe Biden, who is the front runner and who is probably going to win the nomination, was just able to stand there, or at least they wheeled him up there in a dolly and he sort of sat there lifelike, somewhat animate. And he said, listen, the, your, your silly idea that you're going to be able to pay for this thing with like a small income tax increase is just nonsense. I think we need to be candid with voters. I think we have to tell them what we're going to do and what it's going to cost. And a 4% tax on income over $24,000 doesn't even come close to paying for between 30 and some estimates as high as $40 trillion over 10 years. That's doubling the entire federal budget per year. Of course, that is 100% true. Of course, that is true. And then listen to Warren. So Warren never gets asked the hard question. Instead, it's like, Senator Warren? That's really what happened. Abby Phillips just turned to Senator Warren instead instead of saying, So you proposed Bernie's plan. Then you decided that Bernie's plan was not workable and you shifted away from it, which means you're a coward. So what happened, Senator Warren? Instead, it turns into Senator Warren and Senator Warren then proceeds to babble cream of wheat for half a minute. My approach to this is we've got to get as much help to as many people as quickly as possible. I have worked out a plan where we can do that without raising taxes on middle class families by one thin dime. No. Nope, 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 nope. And it's left to Amy Klobuchar to point out that Senator Warren is deeply unprincipled and dishonest. Here is Amy Klobuchar, who's been an afterthought in the race, but her critiques of the Medicare for All plans are, of course, spot on. By the way, Pete Buttigieg was not even there last night. Pete Buttigieg basically stood there. He said his usual shtick. No one cares. It's been fun. Catch you later, Pete. Anyway, Amy Klobuchar, she went after Warren, but nobody in the media will. Senator Warren, you acknowledged uh, that Medicare for all, that you couldn't get there right away. You got on the bill that said on page eight, which is why I didn't get on it, uh, that you would kick 149 million Americans off their current health insurance. Then a few months ago, you said, no, you're going to wait a while um, to get there. And I think that was some acknowledgement that maybe what we're talking about is true. Yes, correct. But where where so does CNN have any follow up questions for Senator Warren about that? No. Instead, Abby Phillip goes after Sanders. <laughs> Abby Phillip, I mean, I don't know if she was on Warren's payroll or what the story was last night, but it was pretty impressive. It's an impressive showing. Here's Abby Phillip going after Sanders on his spending programs again. Now, listen, we know Bernie Sanders is a socialist. He just wants to nationalize all the industries, guys. He just wants all pudding to be owned by the masses. He wants socialist ownership of the means of production in tapioca pudding. Is it all that difficult? It's not difficult at all. But instead of Abby Phillip asking Elizabeth Warren, so lady, you keep proposing all this crazy crap spending, and um, then you propose a wealth tax that's unconstitutional to pay for it, that has no support among Congress people, and um, then you proclaim yourself more moderate than Bernie, so what's the deal? Instead, she goes after Sanders again on the fact that he's a crazy old kook who likes to spend a lot of money. Like, nothing has changed here. Here is Abby Phillip going after Sanders again. Senator Sanders, your campaign proposals would double federal spending over the next decade, an unprecedented level of spending not seen since World War II. How would you keep your plans from bankrupting the country? Our plan wouldn't bankrupt the country. And in fact, it would much improve the well-being of working class families and the middle class. Yes. So again, Abby Phillip going after Sanders and Sanders giving another dumb answer, but 
These Democratic debates, my goodness, they have not been good for the Democrats. Really not good for the Democrats. And Joe Biden, the front runner, the dude can't even string together a sentence. Listen to Joe Biden's answer on health care right here. He seems to forget exactly where he is and seems to suffer some sort of <laughs> some sort of lapse in the middle of the answer. I would argue that the way you control drug prices is you limit what they can charge for those prices. You don't have to pay the price. Limit what they can charge. If, in fact, they charge more than we set the price for, they can, they can in fact, we can, uh, people can import from abroad, assuming that it is, it is, it is safe. We, in fact, I'm, I'm, it's only yellow. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, uh, what, what's going on now? No, no one knows. Okay, well. There, there was more to the debate, but that was basically the story of the night. It was Warren and Sanders and, and Tom Steyer, who was just kind of hanging out. And I was like, why is Tom Steyer here? And the answer is because he spent a lot of money to be on that stage, like a lot of money to be on that stage. Tom Steyer's closing is worthy of note simply because this person has somehow been able to buy his way to 15% support in the early states, according to the latest polling. Here is Tom Steyer saying some weird stuff about how sports is played, which is odd. I played team sports my entire life. The bond between teammates is deep and emotional and full of love. And as far as I'm concerned, the American people are my teammates. And if there's one thing I will not permit, it is someone to run down the field and kick my teammate in the face. <laughs> what, what, well, that was a wild shift. Somebody's, do we even know what sport we're playing? Like, I'm pretty sure that somebody would throw the penalty. But my favorite part of that is that he's on the same stage as Elizabeth Warren, who just put a boot in Bernie Sanders' face, his teammate. And he's sitting there like, I'm not getting involved. He's literally the third person. As Elizabeth Warren comes over and gets in a fight with Bernie Sanders, like, five seconds after he says, I will not permit anyone to take a boot and put it in my teammate's face. He's standing there going, what the F am I supposed to do? As Bernie is approached by Warren, who refuses to shake his hand because, again, she's not a nice person. It, it, this tape, I'm never going to get over it. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to get a, a lip reader in here because there's no question. You could probably figure out what they are saying. But Steyer's like, so remember that time when I said I was going to be brave and defend my allies? Yeah, I'm just going to like walk over here. I'm just going to see you later a little bit. Trevor Noah had this exactly right. Noah's actually been quite good on the Democratic debates. He said, this is like an old couple arguing at the diner. No, no, but at, at dinner, it's, it's just irritating and foolish. That was the most unnecessary <laughs> nitpicky argument you will ever see in a presidential debate. You know what it felt like? It felt like we were watching an old couple fight in a diner. That's what it looked like. You know, we're just like, I thought you said you were getting an appetizer. Yeah, I am. I'm getting soup. That is an appetizer. No, soup is a side. No, if it comes before the meal, it's an appetizer. <laughs> Correct. Correct. And, and then CNN's Van Jones summed it up. Well, he said, listen, there is nothing on that stage that can take out Trump. Nothing on that stage can take out Trump, which is 100% true. Who, who on that stage is going to take out Trump? Elizabeth Warren, who's the most calculated and annoying. Pol I mean, she is so much more annoying than Hillary Clinton. I used to think not, but she has gotten to be so irritating and so self-righteous and so terrible. She's less corrupt than Hillary Clinton because she hasn't had as long a history in politics, but she is just the self-righteousness with which she treats everybody else when she herself is the most cynical politician on the stage, is truly galling. And then you have Bernie, who is just a, 19, a 1918 wobbly. He's just, a, he's like an actual international socialist of America. And, and then you have Joe Biden, who's not even a sentient, he's a starfish at this point. He's got the sentient qualities of a, of a basic form of biological life. Van Jones on CNN is like, yeah, I'm not feeling great today, guys. Not great. To see those two have that level of vitriol 
was very dispiriting. And I want to say that tonight for me was dispiriting. Democrats got to do better than what we saw tonight. There was nothing I saw tonight that would be able to take Donald Trump out. And I want to see a, a, a Democrat in the White House as soon as possible. There was nothing tonight that if you're looking at this thing, you say this, any of these people are prepared for what Donald Trump is going to do to us. And to see further division tonight is very dispiriting. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it should be dispiriting if you're a Democrat. And if you're a Bernie, if you're a Bernie fan, you've got to be fighting mad. And you got to be thinking to yourself, this Democratic Party, the way they've treated this guy is truly egregious because it is just from any objective level. The way the Democratic Party has treated Sanders is truly egregious. And yes, I'm being a little bit cynical because I would love to see the Bernie fans stay home from the polls and not vote for Elizabeth Warren or Joe Biden because they're ticked off. Sure, I'd love to see that. I'm not going to pretend I don't have a dog in this fight, but just trying to take myself out of it. If I were a Bernie fan today, which I am not, even as a non-Bernie fan, just trying to be honest, that was that was truly awful. It was truly awful in every way. And honestly, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bernie get a little bump. I wouldn't. It just just because he is not Elizabeth Warren and she is awful in every way. And so is CNN. CNN deserves all the flack they're taking today. All righty. Well, quick thing that I like. And then we will and then we'll give you the quick impeachment update. So the quick thing that I like, as I mentioned early on, it is my birthday. That is a good time to express my appreciation to all of you. Thank you for bringing us through another year. Thank you to the fans. Thank you to people who listen to the show. Now, honestly, I'm more grateful that you listen to the message of the show than that you listen to the show itself. Thanks to all of our members who help us bring the show to you. Thanks to our fantastic staff over here. I know this is an Oscar speech now. And I shouldn't be giving an Oscar speech because I'm not actually a transgender, half Native American, half half black woman. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to thank everybody on staff who, when I'm not ripping on them in ZipRecruiter ads, actually does a quite fine job. And thanks to all of my the business partners and everybody else. Thanks to my family, obviously. Best birthday present so far I received actually from the Jewish publisher Art Scroll. They sent me an iPad loaded up with all of their material. You should go check out Art Scroll. They're great. They're two really kind of big Jewish publishers, Corin and Art Scroll. Both of them are fantastic. So that is a shout out to my Jew crew. But in any case, we run the media and the weather, guys. But thanks so much. To, I've gotten a lot of emails wishing me happy birthday. I really am, am honored by that. And I'm grateful for your prayers and your birthday wishes. It really means a lot to me. Okay, now, quick impeachment update. So the Democrats have now sent their impeachment managers over to the Senate. And those managers are going to be Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler, which is not a surprise. Schiff chairs the Intelligence Committee. Nadler chairs the Judiciary Committee. That is Pelosi steering directly into conflict because she figures that Schiff will be asked tough questions by Republicans, that Schiff will be dragged through the mud, and that controversy is not bad for her because, frankly, this thing is generating no heat at all. Any heat that is generated, she hopes, will lead to headlines over impeachment since most people have already tuned out at this point. That is why she is sending over Schiff and, and Jerry Nadler as well. As far as the witnesses, it is clear that witnesses will be called. There are not the votes to just dismiss this thing out of hand. There are too many Republican senators who already said they want witnesses. Frankly, I want witnesses. I have no fear of witnesses saying whatever it is they're going to say. More transparency is good, whether we're talking Democrats or whether we are talking Republicans. So that is where things stand in terms of impeachment. The vote is taking place today to send over the impeachment charges to the Senate. The trial is supposed to start next Tuesday. So we are going to be treated to the spectacle in all likelihood of the president of the United States giving a State of the Union address to a joint session of Congress while under the threat of impeachment, which should be pretty great TV. I don't really like the State of the Union address. I think it's a monarchical, stupid institution, but I will be watching that. Won't you too? All right. Well, that's all we have for today, at least for now. Later today, on my birthday, I will show up for two additional hours of content. This is why you should go subscribe over at dailywire.com. So check us out later for more content and more updates. Otherwise, we'll see you here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. 
If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Rebecca Dobkowitz, directed by Mike Joyner, executive producer Jeremy Boring, senior producer Jonathan Hay, supervising producers Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, technical producer Austin Stevens, associate producer Colton Haas, assistant director Pavel Wydowski, edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Jesua Olvera. Production assistant Nick Sheehan. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. With just 20 days to go before the Iowa caucuses, the Democrats faced off last night in Des Moines, Iowa, and everybody lost. That's right, nobody won. Not Biden, not Bernie, not Warren, not Pete, not the voters, certainly not the viewers. Every candidate did terribly. We will examine why and how that train wreck happened and what it means for 2020. Check it out on The Michael Knowles Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.